about Ross and Patrick. I don't care. Yeah, like, who gives? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? Who cares? We care. Gross. (laughs) As it stands, this is still the Who Cares About Ross and Patrick podcast. I'm Ross. I'm Patrick, and there is... Yeah, there's dissent over the name change. Dissent and producers are still weighing in. Um, You know, we're split. Yeah, there's dissent in the production. We're split. At the executive level. But as I've said before, it's out of our hands, Mm -hmm. okay? We're not the producers. We're just the talent, number one and two on the call sheet, okay? So (laughs) I'm going to need the producers to step up step in make a decision make a call is there a volume dial over on this side for the headphones mm, there's like little numbers on it no there's oh, gotta yep, be yep what number is it at now 10 give me a five holy shit you're loud yeah <laughs> yeah does anybody ever think that when they listen to our podcast are they like man she's loud now i got nothing give me something that's six and this is just our monitor level. This is not our input level. So don't How's worry. That? That's perfect. Whatever that is. Eight. You're at an eight. Wow. Okay. Well. Honey, how the fuck are you? Because I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> I'm falling apart. I've been falling apart for days and days. It's been a rough century, it feels like. You're falling apart. You've been falling apart for days and days? Yeah. You don't remember me falling apart all last week? Yeah, yeah, leading yeah. up to my virtual gig, post virtual gig. Oh no! You don't. You Do you want to talk about your virtual gig? Well, yeah. I mean, in 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 uh, in on background, as a journalist would say, when we recorded our last episode, were we post hand, foot, and mouth? No, I think our last episode was. It was pre pre hand, foot, and mouth. Post fever. Post oh. Yes, it was in between ear infection and hand, yeah. foot, and mouth. This is now a um a, ch- a pediatric podcast. <laughs> we just talk about sick kids with no like medical information, just pure complaint and horror stories. Yeah, this is the WebMD anxiety fire of oh, our life. My God. Yeah. Um. Yes. Last week, when when you said days and days, I was thinking like. Well, we're in this week. This week's been better, but yeah. No, I get it. You don't know where I'm at. You don't know where I your husband. I don't know where I am. You don't know where your husband is at emotionally, and I realize that now. No, I know where you are emotionally. Um, yeah. You're feeling sick because you're just pounding cookies and coffee today. I, the acids are, they got me. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean acid reflux. By that, I mean indigestion. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, Pepto-Bismol commercial? Upset plop, plop, stomach. fizz, fizz. <sighs> We're going to start over. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's still the Who Cares About Ross and Patrick podcast. Are you I'm really? just kidding. No, oh, no, okay. I'm kidding. I'm like, I think we're fine. I actually don't know what the... Pepto Bismol uh, jingle is diarrhea, really something like that. But why would Pepto Bismol be plop plop fizz fizz? Nothing is plopping, nothing is fizzing. Okay, Pepto Bismol is a household staple here. We've got some on order. Should be delivered (laughs) today, and it has been for. When did we start this? Like three years ago. Pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pandemic. Early pandemic, I was making these casseroles. We would make batches of mac and cheese, and then I would pour the mac and cheese into a casserole dish. Oh, it was a baked add, mac. I would add shredded chicken. I would add breadcrumbs. Buffalo chicken I would add sauce. shredded cheese on top of that. Yeah. And I would make these casseroles that were delicious, but death sentences. Well, and I also, pregnant, had much worse acid reflux, so yeah. I had to have it available on demand pretty much all the time yeah especially towards the end of the pregnancy which was the pandemic which ladies and gents we're we're about to get act four of entering well we're in year three okay 
all you fools that thought when they were like, in two weeks, it should be good, which I truly never. I'm not a scientist, but I didn't understand how something, some global situation was just going to clear up in two weeks. Yeah. Three years? Maybe I didn't expect three years. Uh, Like I said, not a scientist. Yeah, I just celebrated my third birthday of the pandemic. I turned 39, 40, and 41. I'm a 41-year-old man. Which we celebrated where? You got to book it early. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was exclusive. I I was like, I don't even know what you're getting at. What do you, what's the joke you're about to make? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, my birthday sucked. You got to, well, this is the thing. You got to book in advance, but you can't book until the day of. Confusing. (laughs) I know. If you want a reservation at this place, you also need a very sick child. That's right. Uh, Because you're what you're doing is what we did was we we went for a walk in reservation. Yes. At the Bushwick Wyckoff Hospital Emergency Room. Pediatric ER, baby. I was like, happy birthday, you dumb bitch. Welcome to the filthy pediatric ER in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Oh, your daughter's got hand, foot, and mouth, but you don't know it yet? You just see sores cooking up in the back of her mouth? Oh, she can't swallow, drink, eat, sleep in peace because her mouth is filled with ulcers? Come on down, put your dollars down and your hands up for Wyckoff Memorial Hospital. That's right, baby. I don't oh. even know if that's the name of it. Wyckoff. Well, I think it's just Wyckoff Hospital. I think it's just Wyckoff Medical Center. Wyckoff mm. Hospital. They did. Um, they've been really bothering me about a survey. They're mm. like, we need to know how we did, and I just kept saying out loud, not to anyone. You don't want a survey from me. Yeah, you, you don't, don't want, want this... my feedback. But I was sitting in the bathroom, like we do. It's the only time we get to ourselves. On the phone. On the phone. I got another. They literally sent me like multiple text messages and emails. And I finally was just like, you know what? You want to hear so bad? Yeah. Scathing reviews. You left a scathing review. It wasn't scathing. It was scales from one to five. Franny had scathing mouth sores. So that's what they get. It, and I tried to make it clear that, like, no one was rude or terrible to us. It just seemed like everyone that worked there was dead inside yeah. from working too much too often around sick people and not having the resources that they need. Yeah, I I feel I felt like a few of the people that worked there had experience on the battlefield. <laughs> Like, they're like, I don't have time for your parental hysterics. I have, I have, um, wrapped belts around, I've wrapped tourniquets around soldiers (laughs) whose arms and legs were blown off on the battlefield. Like, I've, I've put, I don't care that your fucking lily white child is in here like screaming because her throat hurts. Oh, she's got a sore throat and a high fever. Well, I've, I've made, Soldiers chomp down on blocks of wood <laughs> while I amputate their foot. Yes. With a rusty blade. Yeah. Hoping for the best. Yeah, it was very World War II. I've seen it all vibes. Yeah. Well, I think because Wyckoff Hospital is still in World War II. Like, it's a, it was a time warp of oh some kind. God. Well, and it was just like some of the questions, it was like on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best. Did you feel like the medical staff listened to your complaints, made you feel better? Like, just like things that like clearly they didn't didn't do. I was like, no one introduced themselves. There was no sense of urgency. Nobody was like listening to me to like calm me or my child down. Like, no, (laughs) that was not happening. They're like, would you recommend Wyckoff? I'm like, like if we didn't, we we went into the waiting room for the emer- pediatric. There's a sign that says pediatric emergency room this way. You go in, you sit. We could have potentially sat there for like twenty or more minutes if we didn't take the initiative to say like, are we in the right place? Because they were sending us sending us out to a different waiting room yeah. to check in, and like, yeah, we could have. I mean, that was the first thing we could have just sat there without knowing what to do, and then. 
we do finally get checked in through the correct manner and and then we're sitting there and a kid comes in who's literally blue oh having an asthma attack i hope he's okay and we're like uh somebody like like this person they needs turned, he like so, the guardian he was with knocked on the door to be like can we just come in the kid was literally going <gasps> like it was terrifying and they opened the door and the nurse was like, have you registered yet? <laughs> I was like, do we get out of here right now? Like they're sending somebody who can't breathe to register. And then somebody else was like, mm, he's blue. Let's let him in. Yeah. Like it just was so. And again, like I can't even imagine the shit that they see. And they're definitely underpaid, underfunded. They do not have the resources they need. Like. I yeah. am. I wish I could do more for them so that they could do the best that they're capable of. But I'm sure just too much is being asked of them. But it was it was it was really challenging to be there. And it, it was nine. It was eight o'clock on a Sunday night when we went in. Uh, but it felt like it had like three thirty in the morning vibes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got home. I mean, we were still there for like two and a half hours. Like, have you all been here since like three days ago? Like, what oh is this God. vibe? Yeah, it was a time. It was a time warp. And it was definitely not clean enough. <clears throat> Everything felt a little filthy. Yeah, and when like- we when we finally got into the room, because I event, you know, we go through triage. You have a horrific triage appointment that I can hear through double pane <laughs> bulletproof glass in the waiting room. I hear the woman saying. Have you taken her temperature? And you're like, yeah, but do we need to do that again now? And the woman says, we could just do it. And you're like, I, I and Fran is screaming. Fran screaming. is like. And writhing in my arms. Yeah. Uh, so I'm having to literally. And the, and I'm hearing you saying like, what did you say? I'll tell you uh, exactly what happened. So she asked, do you want to take it rectally? And I was like. Do you see what is going like in my mind? I'm like, this child is losing her fucking mind. You want to shove a fucking thermometer in her ass? Yeah. Like, no, no. So I said no to that. And then she was like, okay, well, just so you know, this is inaccurate and like does like the head one. And I'm like, who gives a shit? And then she's like, okay, we have to weigh her. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, now I have to undress her. Mm. Like, are you kidding? Because at the pediatrician's office, we always have to undress for like an accurate weight. So that's what broke me mm. was, and I, I said out loud, of course, because that's how I do. I was like, do I have to undress her? I didn't really hear what she said. And then I was just like, this is a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, ma'am, it's not a fucking nightmare. Oh, she repeated the curse word too. Yes. She goes, no, ma'am, it's not a fucking nightmare. All you have to do is ba ba ba. And I didn't hear her again. She also had a very thick accent through a mask. Mm-hmm. while Fran is screaming in my ear. So it's just all the elements and are coming at me. Real quick, let's talk about lighting. The lights <laughs> are so bright. It is like every fluorescent light you've ever seen <sighs> on at once. So you everything felt gritty and yes. sweaty yeah. and oily or something. So she says, no, it's not a fucking nightmare, ma'am. Da, 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 da. And I go, and now I'm pleading with her, okay? And I look at her and I go, I'm sorry. I don't mean to curse. I know you do this every day. You see children sick all the time, but I'm a first-time mom. My daughter's in so much pain, and I am really struggling to be here right now. Like, so earnest, like tears in my eyes. And she goes, you don't have to take off your, her clothes. Just pick her up and hold her. <laughs> Get on the scale. <laughs> oh, she, like, subtracted your weight? Yeah. Yes. So I didn't have to do anything but stand up holding Fran, sit back down. But then I had to strap Fran back into her fucking stroller so that I could go on by myself. I mean, it still sucked. Yeah, yeah. But it was not what I was thinking she was saying. And it's just like I couldn't hear her. It was just like. And then, of course, I look at my phone as this is all happening and I'm on like 9% battery, which is (laughs) not. That's not how I roll. Like, usually I'm, like, very no. conscientious. I want to make sure I can, like... And we left the house with nothing. We were, like, 
the poor kid can't sleep. We're like getting her out of bed. We're doing a midnight mission at 9 p.m. to the hospital. Which we had decided. We were like, okay, if she wakes up again, then we're going to just have to take her because she's not going to sleep. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't bring uh, a charger. We left our like takeout meal that we finally, (laughs) we finally got takeout at the end of this day where she's like sick and miserable. She's finally in bed. We're like, maybe she'll fall asleep. Let's just eat. And then during the meal, we're like, we got to just stop eating and take her. We didn't even get to our milkshakes. No. We got to our milkshakes at 11 that's p.m. That's how you know that's back. a sick kid when we we abandoned and our milkshakes. We left plates of fries and a little bit of cheeseburger with Peggy in the house. And we yeah. were like, what are we going home to? Yeah, she could have she could have gotten that food, but she didn't. But what a good dog. Sweet baby girl. She's the hero of the day. She didn't touch a single. She she could have had the time of her fucking life. Yeah. Didn't do it. So anyway, I'm on 9%. I can hear the horror show going on behind the bulletproof glass. And only one parent yeah, is allowed, yeah. which is why we're being separated from the jump, which yeah. is already a nightmare. For COVID reasons. Yeah. And then you end up in the waiting room. Turns out there's like layers of waiting rooms. Yes. This is, I mean, it's Dante's Inferno. It's yes. like this first layer is like, okay, this sucks. There's a seventh ring. There's a blue kid. <laughs> who's suffocating it's like yeah Fran is definitely not urgent in comparison to blue kid yeah but blue kid is layer one <sighs> we thought that was bad it just kept getting worse it got horrible for you in the triage room with that lady and then you get into the third layer which is just like just such a sad room that i can barely see through a crack in the door i'm trying to communicate with you by phone i can tell like you're not doing well back there no uh so eventually they let me in. We have a conference and I tell you, get out of here. You need to leave. Get out of here. I'm crisis management. I said, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I shoo you out of there. I go back there and it's just a waiting game, which I have an insane tolerance for. Like I could wait all night. You start coaching me via text, like ask, ask, ask somebody like what the deal is. So I figure out who the doctor is. You can't tell who a doctor is. No. In World War II battlefield mode. <laughs> like there's just people around. I'm like, that person looks they like don't a custodian. Stop moving. They don't stop like typing on computers, paperwork. Like <laughs> no. everyone's shuffling things around. You but like you have no idea who's and, being attended to. And like, they are not looking they're not like, you know when you go to a restaurant and the, they're like they're look they're looking at the most minuscule body language. They're like Oh, that guy just took his last sip of soda. If I'm gonna, lucky. I'm going to bring him another soda. I'm on top. These people are like, if I don't make eye contact with anybody, <laughs> yes. I'll just get to go home soon. It's active eye contact avoidance. Yes. Yeah. Which I think they teach in medical school. Um, so I find the doctor who never introduced himself by name. I still don't know his name. Also thick accent through a mask. Yeah. I I go into the mode of like me first. I'm like literally looking around at all these other people who also have small children with them. And I'm like, I guess I'm just going to go see where we stand because I, I don't know, it, which made me feel kind of shitty where I'm like, yeah, hey, uh, this is Francis is there. And I'm looking at this like huge TV screen. It has a list of patients and I can th- I think I make out her initials or I forget what made me think a oh, worth third in the queue or whatever. Um, but I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Anyway, I talked to the doctor and he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, go in there, go in that room. He just points me to a room <laughs> that has like the paper already on the, the table. table. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, that's just the tactic. He's just sending me in here yeah. to like get me away for a little while. But anyway, he does come in pretty quickly, like five or 10 minutes later laser right down on the on that paper which i don't know if is new or not all i know is that like 10 minutes later when i'm we're out of the room and i'm looking in there i know that he did not replace the paper Mm. again so i saw another baby get laid down on fran's fucking hand foot and mouth paper and i'm like this seems that's (laughs) fucked yeah that's but anyway he looks in her mouth he takes one look and he's like oh this is uh what did he call it her herpangina herpangina which is a difficult word to understand if you were to say it to me but again it's another person with a very thick accent and a medical mask 
And I'm like, did you say what? And I, we're doing like a game of. Did t- you say what? <laughs> we're doing a game. What'd you say? A game of telephone back and Spanish. forth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then I start ferociously Googling. He says, uh, and then he's like, yeah, it's, it's very common. It's a common infection. We're going to make a miracle mouthwash for her. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Which turns out is another battlefield cure. It's like literally a made up uh, quick and dirty medicine that doctors came up with to treat cancer patients who get mouth sores from treatment. Yeah. Um, but they're supposed to swish around in their mouth, not swallow. Yeah, because it's Benadryl, it's lidocaine, it's Maalox. There's I something else. Maalox. Probably to settle your stomach if you do swallow it. Oh, yeah, maybe. So, yeah, she just did shots of that all night, and it actually helped. It, it helped a lot. It helped her get through the night. and But it was just such a crazy experience, and uh, it's hard to see your kid so in so much pain amongst so many other children in pain and yeah. families that are just confused. And everyone just seems dazed and in a in a like a stupor because you're just like what i think it's a lighting thing i think if they had more lamps it's lighting it's bedside manner it's cleanliness it's like every it's a terrible situation to be in like your kid is so sick that you can't do anything about it you don't know what to do so you end up in the emergency room and then there's nothing about it that is soothing yeah like there's nothing that's happening that's like taking it all down a notch. If anything, it's all heightened severely. Yeah. And it's like There's not like a social worker. Which who's that's just how like, that's how it felt in labor too, which is like why I have so many regrets about like not just like trying to do it at home. Like I everything is set up to be miserable. Miserable in a hospital. Like because it's not it's not set up. I mean, I don't even think it's set up for the medical professionals, quite honestly, but it's not set up for patients. It's set up for the people doing the work. Yeah. So you're just like, well, this is a horrible yeah. place to be. <laughs> I was at a Whataburger in uh, Dallas, outside Dallas, a few weeks ago at 11 at night. And it was the saddest place on the planet because of the fluorescent lighting the garbage food i was eating the uh the sticky yet oily tray that it came on (laughs) and ew this this hospital felt exactly the same like yeah it was gross it was really bleak which i can only imagine wears on you working in such an environment day in day out you know and then yeah so he says i'm gonna get you this miracle mouthwash (laughs) i gotta call it up to the pharmacy and they'll bring it right down and that's when like time it's like okay we have an answer for what this problem is the solution is being mixed up or whatever like where is it so i start like 30 minutes goes by feels like hours i'm waiting for this thing because i know it's gonna work or whatever i start texting you like hey call call the pharmacy so I'm like, it's probably faster if we just call the pharmacy and say, hey, we are in the seventh layer of hell right now. Could you bring bring us the miracle, please? Well, and at this point, too, I've been in the other waiting room separated from you two this whole time, but I can see through this crack in the window, like I can see Fran and you. And I am like, uh, there's other people in the waiting room with me sleeping, like chatting, like you're they, a, you're a pacer. You like to pace. Oh my god! Which I guess I didn't know that about myself until Fran came in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like a pacing parent. I'm just my anxiety kicks up so many levels with these sorts of situations, and I, yeah, I'm pacing. I'm crying. I'm like peeking through the window. Like I'm just moving like a psycho, mm-hmm. basically. And there, there's this woman and her kid or her relative or whatever. They're just having a conversation. Yeah. They're talking about so-and-so and who's a what's it. And they're taking things out of their purses. One of them's eating French fries. And I'm just fucking, I'm pacing back and yeah. forth. I'm in my sweatpants. I'm in my Crocs. I'm like, I you, hear friends. You were in this sweater. I was in this sweatshirt. 
I'm peeking through the window. I see Fran crying. I start crying. I called Jen. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced. Like, just a mess. And then we find out about the mouthwash. You're like, go find out about the pharmacy. So then I go to the desk where we registered and I'm like, where's the pharmacy? Who do I call? And they're like, what? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, the pharmacy, like here in the hospital, like, can I call up? They were like, the pharmacy's closed. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, the doctor just said he called something into the pharmacy. They're like, oh, you mean like the internal pharmacy? I was like, I guess. My husband just said that I should call up and make sure that the medicine was coming. They were like, you can't do that. (laughs) I'm looking for shortcuts. (laughs) I appreciate that, though, because as we know, you got to advocate for yourself in these medical fields. I was getting high on my own advocacy. Yeah, I was like, you got to start advocating. You're like, go to the pharmacy. I mean, back in my production days, that's how I was. Like, if I knew I needed something, I knew how to get it. I knew what kind of strings to pull or how to talk to somebody or how to make something seem urgent, even if it wasn't. Mm. It just made it feel urgent to suit my needs. Yeah. Uh, But I don't do that for myself or my loved ones. (laughs) And Now that's a problem. Like, I always take the wrong side, which we've talked about. Not not anymore. not, Not anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, I... I had to work on that to to learn that I need to do that uh, and, and like have that same kind of animal instinct, you know, just go for the fucking jugular. What am I talking about? You think your daughter's screaming in your face for hours. Yeah. Would do it, which it did. Yeah, it did. That was the thing about her pain, too, is that it was like in waves constantly. So it's like we would get her distracted for like a little while, like. Having her watch like Coco Melon, which is another seventh ring of hell of children's programming on our phones. And then she would just swallow and remember that her mouth and throat are killing her. Mm -hmm. And then it was back to screaming again. It was really brutal. Yeah. And we thought maybe it was strep, which is like why we went there and then found out it was this other virus where. She cannot have antibiotics or anything that's really going to, like, take care of it quickly. And so we got meds to, like, get her through the night. But that's, like, emergency, emergency case only. And then really all you can do is give her Advil and Tylenol. Yeah. So it was a fucking... It was a really... It was a great birthday. I'll never forget it. (laughs) You definitely won't forget it. I mean, we got to see your folks all weekend. Thank God for them. They were they, helpful. They helped a lot. They were helpful. They showed up to like have a nice time with their granddaughter, which they <laughs> got to have for like three hours, an yeah. hour Friday night, yeah. and then two hours Saturday morning. And then the change happened, which was the change surreal to see live and in person and in real time. Like to see her go from like this cheery, funny kid at the playground to like fever comes on. She starts getting like, drunky and out of it and then like like just sick yeah and it just it affects their personalities and their demeanors like so drastically mm-hmm. and yeah that first night when we put her in the bath and she was just like head down like zonked out of it like did not move in the bathtub i was like oh this is fucking creepy mm. as hell oh god all after two weeks of earaches yeah stuff. like we thought like, the ear infection was bad this was fucking next level this was fucking like okay you've made it through the first <laughs> the first level now you have to you know in super mario brothers where there's like those fucking batons of fire yeah, that are yeah. in like the van the advanced levels it's like okay you jumped over some mushrooms you made it now here's spiky bombs <laughs> coming from the <laughs> spiky sky bombs while you're jumping over the fucking yeah fire hurdles and there's no hacks there's no shortcuts you just gotta go through and thank god you know you and i like each other and our friends and yeah and when i said when i got in your face i was like you need to get out of here (laughs) you knew what that meant and you didn't take it personally i was like He's right. I've got to get, which, Because I don't know what other words to use. Like, like there are. No, like, I appreciate that forcefulness. Like, pull yourself together, woman. Like. That probably would bother me. Yeah. 
And I don't even think you'd say that because it's not like you don't want me to pull myself together. You just know I need space. Like I have to like that you're better in shutting down emotionally and compartmentalizing in crisis. Yes. Aloof mode engage. (laughs) Which honestly, I think in a large part is like fucking biological. Like I'm just too... Yeah. biologically connected yeah. to her from carrying you're, her that I can't disassociate. You're pacing and like pulling out your own hair and <laughs> huffing and puffing <laughs> and crying like this emotional cycle is a mama bear at the mouth of the cave just like looking to defend and protect and rip out the throat <laughs> of an attacker. Like your, yeah. your cockles were up. My cockles were up, y'all. You look like like Peg in the dog park with her (laughs) cockles up. Does anybody know what cockles are? Because that's what my mom says when Peggy's hair stands up, when she's like excited or feels threatened. I think like alligators and stuff do it too. Our cockles are up. (laughs) Your gators. My cockles were up. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, your cockles were all the way up. Oh, uh, her cockles were all the way up. (laughs) They went all the way up. (laughs) Um, and then who else got the fun opportunity to experience experience a mild case of fucking barnyard animal disease seriously hoof and mouth everybody um yeah so we think okay maybe you know it is contagious maybe not as contagious to adults maybe we're getting off we're getting out of this one lucky so this Saturday, she starts declining. Sunday night, ER. Monday morning, our own pediatrician. We find out, yes, for sure, hand, foot, and mouth. Fran well, I go like, out to a day of work where I'm like, I'd rather be with my family. Oh, you helping. worked Monday? Oh, yeah, you did work Monday because then my mom helped us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't go to the doctor. Then um, she's starting to get better come Tuesday, a little better. Like, sleep still sucks, but, like, she's starting to, like, not be in, like, writhing pain come Tuesday. Wednesday, you go, you fly to Texas? Utah. Oh, my oh, God. Utah I forgot for, about that. For a gig. She's, like, definitely starting to be on the up and up, back to her old self slightly. Um, Like, we're going out to, like, a coffee shop, whatever. I take her out. You're flying. I start walking back from the coffee shop. I'm like, uh-oh. I feel something. I feel something is a... My cockles are up. <laughs> <laughs> Feverish, achy? Yeah, like the achiness starts coming on. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then by that evening, I had to take care of her by myself that whole day. Then that evening, I put her to bed. The moment I put her to bed, it was full on. I'm freezing cold, but it is not cold in here I've got like a full sweatsuit I'm under my covers and I'm just fucking shivering and thankfully that was a short work trip for you um and then by the next day my hands were covered in red spots that itched so badly that I gave my hands a oatmeal bath (laughs) 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 oatmeal and baking soda just giving them a good soak while watching love is blind too guys don't be jealous okay Living like, that life. I'm just a mom who has it all. Just having a soak. <laughs> just having a nice relaxing soak because I felt like I was going to rip the flesh off of my palms. A healing soak and at the mom resort and spa. Just taking lots of Benadryl, lots of Advil, just throwing anything I can at mm-hmm. it. Being like, please God, let this hellscape end. You made your own miracle mouthwash. Uh, Fran, Fran is doing much better at this point. Fever starts to dissipate for me. Uh, now, now the hands are fine, except I look like I have some sort of leprosy, leprosy yeah. where my skin is just full on shedding. You're snake peeling. Style. You're peeling. You're sloughing. I'm sloughing. <laughs> and you know what else sucks about all this is like anytime any achiness comes on or feverish or like funky feelings, you're you're just automatically like I have COVID. I guess I have yes, COVID. Yes. Yes, which you had it a little bit like you had some achiness yesterday and I was like, great. Now our whole family has COVID, which, by the way, everyone. It's coming. 
The next wave's coming. Act four, strap in. Next wave's coming, baby. You thought it was over, but it ain't. Get your death trucks parked outside oh, Wyckoff God. Hospital. <laughs> Can you imagine dying in that hospital? Oh, my God. Well, if you die in that hospital, they literally just put you in a freezer truck out on Stan, Stanhope Street. Everything's terrible. Anyway. We survived. I think if you die on the upper floors of that hospital, it's not that bad. We survived. There's no more hand, foot, and mouth in this house. Fran was back in daycare all last week. She's now in her second week in a row she's back. She's on day two. She she'll does probably, have a runny nose. <laughs> she'll probably come home with a fucking God knows what. She's probably going to get COVID this time. Uh, you know what's coming next? Ringworm. Oh, God. These <laughs> children. These children and their ringworm, it's disgusting. Oh, God. Or no, pink eyes next. Let's go pink eye, then ringworm. You know what? Our babysitter was here on Friday night. We treated ourselves to a parents not out. Um, And our babysitter came and uh, I was telling her about all the hand, foot and mouth stuff. And she goes, oh, wait till you get lice. And she looked excited. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you, Nico. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Okay. Wow. That I sounds know. like a threat, Nico. She's like, wait till you get ice. <laughs> <laughs> she like extended the. <laughs> I was like, please just. I mean, at least. She did like the Mr. Burns from the Simpsons <laughs> yes. hands. I mean, I feel like at least with lice, you're not watching your child writhe in pain. Like, How... that's what was so terrible. Are lice the cousins of bed bugs? Are they similar? Like, are you, you got to do the whole thing with the clothes yeah. and the bags. Yeah. And the hair. Yep. Well, with her, you'll see the lice from a mile away because she's got that uh, gold spun. Uh, what is it? Spun, spun gold. gold. Spun gold. My mama calls her hair spun gold. Yeah, we went to see one babysitter in her rock band while the other babysitter watched Fran. Yeah. We got to now go see some of Nico's art or something and have Holly watch for that. It's Y'all, a babysitter swap. If you got a band that's playing gigs at 7:38 p.m. Yeah. If you're the first in the lineup and there's seating I'll be there. and there's seating available. I'll be there. Yeah, sign us up. <laughs> okay. We were like young people on the tan. We went there, we went to dinner. We didn't mask once all night, so we definitely have covid. It felt very strange. It's like uh the whole not masking, not asking for vaccine cards anymore is like, I don't like it. That's my America. Don't ask. Don't mask. A freedom. Okay? Ever heard of freedom? I'm not here to be told what to do with my body. My body, my choice. Don't ask. I don't mask. Unless it's your uterus and then God makes the decision on that. Yeah. And I my will cockles be, are up. Yeah. Yeah. You try to mask your uterus and I'll, Slut. I'll stop it. <laughs> What? <laughs> um, gosh, what? Yeah, what a blur of a week. Yeah, I went to Utah. A month. I went to Utah thinking, yeah, I'll fly out Wednesday morning. I'll be in there for five hours. I'll do a gig late afternoon. I'll take a red eye back to New York for five hours and I'll sleep. I'll sleep on the plane. Oh, I'll sleep. And then I can be a functional parent. Oh, I'll sleep. Back in the house. Man, Thursday. No sleep. I was not a functional parent. I don't even remember Thursday. I powered through. Friday, we tried to nap. Oh, and I couldn't sleep again. Uh, Oh, no. When did we do the napping? Oh, the nap day was after was, my virtual gig when was this the last nap? week. <laughs> when was the one nap I got to have in the last <laughs> several weeks? Oh, it's just we have been really... um. We're like frayed, exposed nerves. I think today, I was saying, I had therapy earlier today, and I was saying to my therapist that I feel like today is the first day that I kind of notice an emotional shift for me. Like, I didn't, I don't feel like super emotionally or physically run down Mm -hmm. in this, in this day, in this moment. I think also because we kind of had a plan for the day too, which, helped but um it's just it's been a really harrowing month march was really really hard and like 
what I've been talking to, and a lot of things with this whole Fran getting sick thing is that it's like, it's not just her getting sick. It's like you recover from the sickness and then it's like you have an unhinged toddler who has had no boundaries for over a week plus. So now you're back into reestablishing boundaries, trying to get back into routines that she doesn't want to fucking do. Yeah. So you have to switch from doing whatever it takes to make them feel better to, all right, now I am the firm, calm leader who needs you to eat dinner, needs you to take a bath, needs you to go to bed. And she don't want to do any of that. Yeah, she's like, thank you, mom and dad. I'm feeling much better. I don't bathe anymore. (laughs) I'm done with it. I said good day. (laughs) (laughs) And she's also so overstimulated from daycare because she hasn't been there. And so it's like she's just operating on this frenetic level. We're still not fully emotionally or physically recovered. And you just have to do this switch. And like, so last week, even though she was better, quote unquote, it was like another week that felt so challenging because we were having to like switch, like snap back to the life we were living before the emergency room. <laughs> and yeah. Like it was like pre-emergency room, post-emergency room. And I don't know. I've been talking a lot with people about just like that 180 degree change is a lot more challenging than I think either of us anticipated. And I'm sure we've been there before and we'll be there again. But this felt very specific because it was like the most tangible pain we've seen her in that she had to recover from. And then you have to go back to like, those are big feelings. I see you're really frustrated. I see you're angry and like doing this whole like, gentle parenting but with boundaries thing that like doesn't come naturally it's something we're learning how to do as we're doing it and you know it's like a very like instagrammable way of parenting that like I do get helpful tips from different accounts that I follow because we weren't parented this way and so we're like learning a new skill as we are implementing it mm-hmm. and it takes for me it takes a lot of mental labor to mm-hmm. just be like focused affirm her feelings set boundaries not lose my cool as she is literally losing her cool to the 10th degree you yeah. know there's restraint sometimes like physical restraint sometimes involved She's screaming, she's writhing, and you're like, I see you're very frustrated right now. Like, (laughs) it's just like, it feels, it just feels so uncomfortable. Like, and it's feeling less uncomfortable, but it's like that following, recovering from this illness was just like really fucking intense. Yeah. It just brought up like so much stuff. Yeah. Like and just physical it like it it turns into physical exhaustion. Yeah. At the end of the day where you're just like I literally have nothing left to give. Well, it's interesting hearing you process where you were at throughout that whole week with those specifics because like for me last week was like one of my worst I feel like just today, uh, just just actually since yesterday we went and picked up Fran as a family, mm-hmm. felt like a little lift I really needed because I, I was feeling fucked up all last week just from exhaustion and then dre- I was just dreading this gig I had online. Yeah. And it f- totally fucked me up in so many ways. So hearing you talk about these specifics makes me feel kind of guilty because i don't think i was actually available last week to you it happens or fran in a real way uh because yeah i i mean i don't want to change the subject too quickly if you're still processing what you were saying no 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 but yeah I i booked this thing online like months ago and i was just sort of like yeah i'll do i i had a fun time 
uh, being on someone's virtual show and uh, I thought I should headline one of these. I, sh- I should do one, you know, it'll be a good way for me to give myself some writing deadlines. And from the moment I booked it, uh, they, th- this company that it was through, they would email every day about ticket sales and the agreements and the terms of the show and all this stuff. And it just created some kind of dread in me mm-hmm. and I didn't want to promote it. I was feeling lazy about it. I just kept ignoring that it existed for like six weeks. But and it then, was like still just always yeah, bubbling in the back. Yeah. So finally, like three weeks before, I was like, all right, I should post something on Facebook. I had to fucking talk in therapy for like 10 minutes about this thing to to figure out a plan to just like get the word out. So Only 10 minutes? That's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in the context of other things I should be doing career-wise to like express to people like this is a thing I'm serious about, whatever the fuck. Anyway, <laughs> so I post on Facebook about the gig and uh, it was really cool that so many people were excited about it and bought tickets and... Uh, people I'm close with, family members, people who are curious about what I'm doing, like people I went to college with and, uh, you know, sold enough tickets right away and it was sort of like problem solved. Uh, but then I was like, well, what I've been wanting to do this show for is to like workshop my college show into like a proper stand-up hour, yada, yada, yada. And I just started like panicking about do I, is this, is this the place I want to do this for? Like, what will, what will these people think about me if I talk about these topics? And I started overthinking like what exactly I wanted to do. And I ended up censoring myself quite a lot. And so for days leading up to it, I wasn't sleeping. I was just laying in bed, (laughs) reading my reachers. (laughs) I've become, I've become totally fucking addicted to Jack Reacher novels. I just finished my eighth last night. Uh, it's pure pure escapism pure insanity so i'm reading my reachers pretending this show (laughs) is gonna go fine meanwhile like just like every day thinking of like another joke i don't want to do in for for this one and i'm just like in full dread by the time the show came full dread which is not how you should feel when you're performing you should feel free like my best shows are when i feel so free i don't give a fuck what comes out of my mouth how people perceive it which is usually not strangers for your closest friends yeah yeah and because we're always gonna feel censored if we're like staring into the face of like those who have known us our entire fucking lives but don't know us as well now as adults right you know and like i've been like you know kind of as a mantra just reminding myself like i'm a 40 41 year old man like i'm an adult i can talk about whatever i want to in my life who cares but either way i just was in a rough place to start with and then the show happens and uh some of it's fine but i'm just like (laughs) i'm just i could just feel myself being pulled down Mm. into the abyss i'm exhausted i'm like staring at a computer screen i'm in the office where i can hear people around me like there's 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 a woman who I think might be sleeping there. I've never seen this person before. And I'm like, wait, did she just go in the office right next to ours? Is she sleeping in there? It's 10 o'clock at night or whatever, you know? Anyway. Uh, there's definitely people sleeping in there. I can feel myself bombing. And then I start to integrate this stuff that involves like uh, visual aids. Like there's oh, right. slideshow. There's a slideshow portion. And I'm like, all right, I can kind of go into autopilot with this because it's like the thing I do at colleges all the time. And this will be a good spot to regroup and reset. And the first two minutes are jokes. It's like a bunch of jokes based on a bunch of slides, like 20 slides. That you've checked, like technically, like this is all supposed to be set up and work. Two days beforehand, two days beforehand, we do a tech check. It's because it's it's like a Zoom show, but it's not on Zoom. It's like some other software or whatever. And I'm doing these things and like, I'm like not hearing anybody respond. And I kind of pause for a second and, and I hear somebody say like, we can't see the slides or something like that. And it's like, also, you know, it's not totally out of the norm to just have like your family members like staring blankly at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I couldn't see I couldn't see them anyway because the PowerPoint was now filling up my screen. Oh. So I was just like going on the gut trust yeah, that like yeah, what yeah. I'm looking at is going to the right yeah. place, which I trusted because we checked it two days ago. Anyway, I'm like literally I've got my head in my hands <laughs> as I'm delivering these jokes because I'm looking at the slides and I know I'm not on screen. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm on screen in a thumbnail and my body language is saying we're all looking at the same thing yes anyway two minutes later somebody but says we can't we can't see <laughs> what you're talking about and i just i just like totally lost it like i just i didn't get angry visually or visibly or anything but i just like i just wanted to curl up in a ball and die like i wanted you just to, want just, to shut the computer screen just I, be like done we're done I'm i hovered here. i hovered my mouse over the <laughs> x in the corner of chrome I, I just was so embarrassed because I'm like, oh, they're just staring at this big empty box with my little thumbnail under it as I'm like delivering jokes that make zero fucking sense. And I just was consumed by like shame and failure and like just mortified and <sighs> full of cringe and just like, why the fuck did I do this? Why the fuck? Why why is are any of us here? Why are we doing comedy on a computer? <laughs> this is I so know. dumb. And just like just the worst feelings possible. And so finally we figure out the problem and I go through the rest of it, but I can't talk or perform without thinking of how horrible that just went. Yeah. So like 20 more minutes or whatever the fuck, I'm just like I'm just like phoning it in. I'm just like so resentful. And so miserable and uh, and it ends and I like put on the happiest face I can. But I just I just felt so cringy and I could not sleep for like two more nights because I just yeah. kept thinking like, oh, that person was there. They just saw me bomb that bad. Like they must think like, do people think I've been wasting the last eight years of my fucking You're life going down the real dark like, the worst. And then I got I have to like consciously remember nobody gives a shit. These no. people love me uh nobody's gonna remember this no god willing um and also like what you're doing is so like being a performer in this way is so foreign to almost everybody that was watching it that like there's nothing like they can't compare it to anything that they do you know like i don't know if that's helpful or not but, i don't know, but you know what mean i'm saying like if the yeah, it's like it feels so vulnerable. Of course, well, it is like, and it it's like it was really kind. I did get like a handful of like really nice messages, and that's so kind, and I appreciate it. But even the good thing, like the good things people said, it just made me feel. You like, want to like, forget I, like it ever happened. I want to start like explaining to them. It's yeah. like what the fuck, and yeah, I I mean I said to them on the show, I said please everyone forget this ever happened and they're like ha 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 and you're like no i'm serious <laughs> yeah. like delete yeah. this file like ask for a refund like please don't yeah yeah or like don't. uh <laughs> <laughs> you just say don't yeah i remember saying out loud uh well this was supremely painful for me but i hope you guys had fun <laughs> well i'm glad you said that because i mean i think it's like in those moments, it's like you have to like acknowledge how you're feeling because it just makes it 10 times worse. I'm just so pissed because I I just know that no matter it, like it's nobody else's fault. It's like uh, like it's on me that it went the way it did. Like the tech thing, like there was a way I should have had my laptop open monitoring from another computer so I could see what was live, you know. Anyway, I don't want to get into the details, but There's, I guess I just wanted to share somewhere about this uh, experience. Um, I'm with that said, that if it... you're listening, thanks for coming. It was really, I really appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for your support. Please don't ever mention it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just sorry that it was so painful, and that well, like... I'm. Uh, I guess I'm sorry that I let it like ruin nights and nights of my sleep which does trickle down to you it does which, it is a trickle down reaganomic situation yeah there's a reaganomic there's a reaganomics element there's an impact to your sleep <laughs> there's a there's an economic impact to but this shit whatever i felt was relatively minor in 
comparison to what emotional anguish you were going through. <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay. Um, and you know, thankfully, I am enough of an artist that I can also understand that push and pull of like, I should try and do, I said I was going to do this thing. I got to show up and do this thing. And then you show up and you're like, I knew I shouldn't have done this fucking yeah. thing. Well, I got to do this fucking to cancel. thing. I tried to cancel too. And it was like Sunday morning. I taught my first yoga class in forever. And one person showed up like, at 1130 when the class started and I like gave it five more minutes to see if anybody else was going to show up. And I texted you right before that person showed up. And I was like, you know, when like you're going to do something and then you realize nobody's going to come to it. And so then you're just like, please, God, don't let anybody else show up. And you just want to leave. And you're like, yeah, all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, and one person showed up. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I ended up having a good class with her and it was like a good practice for me. And you know, she didn't fucking know that like I haven't taught in yeah. forever. Um, but I just give that example to be like, at least we can identify with each other in these moments. And it's not like one of us has like some normal nine to five and the other one is an artist. And you're just like, I don't know what the fuck his problem is. You just got to get a job and mm-hmm. get a shit together. You know, it's like, we both have things that we are trying to do and are passionate about that require a lot of like self-starter energy and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Reaganomics is a failure as we know. So yeah. we have to keep that shit in check. Uh, yes. Every Sunday you'll be teaching yoga in downtown Brooklyn. If you want to catch Ross live on stage, headlining <laughs> set. Headlining a yoga Sunday set. Sunday service. Sunday's at eleven thirty at the Manlet Manhattan Athletic Club in Brooklyn. Okay? So it's a that's little a horrible that's name. So stupid. That is the worst name for a gym I've ever heard. It's like I got they gave me a a free shirt and it says like a circle, Manhattan Athletic Club, and then through the center, Brooklyn. Uh, I'm do like, you- what is it? Do you wear that to teach? Do you have to wear a uniform? No, I don't have to. They were like, you can wear it if you want. I'm like, so I won't. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like a terrible fabric. Um, but I'm very grateful for the gig. It's a great gym. Uh, I get to do a little sauna and steam after I'm done. Um, I kind of like that it's a gym and not a yoga studio. It feels very like low pressure, mm-hmm. um, which is good for me and for you, as we've just discussed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give us a low pressure, okay? Low stakes. Um, and yeah, 11.30 to 12.30, I'm pretty sure like drop-ins are welcome. Can you play music? Oh, yeah, yeah. You bring you brought your playlist? Yeah, I did a playlist. Nice. I did a little ambient. You play- have such a good yoga playlist. I actually... It's transportational. Um, I wanted to like see what the vibe was first, so I didn't get like too creative, but... um. The playlist that I made for my labor, mm-hmm. labor and birth, which was titled Laboring Ambient. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used that as the playlist and moved some things around, but it was all music that I had like made for labor. <laughs> but there's like some ambient electronica that's like still fun to move to. It's not like so like woo woo. Yeah. Um, a lot of Brian Eno, mm. M83, mm-hmm. if anybody's into that sort of thing. Um, if I was teaching a yoga class, it would be all 311, <laughs> Beastie Boys. Some people do those. I did a Radiohead themed class one day, which a friend of mine who came was like, I don't know if I needed every song to mm. be Radiohead. And I was like, well, you're not a true fan then. You had a Bowie buddy. one, right? Uh, yes, I believe I did a Bowie one. So I don't know. I'm, I'm like... I'm interested to see if I start to get some regulars and then I think I'll feel like I can have a little bit more freedom and fun to like, I don't want to freak anybody out right away Yeah. with my uh, interesting playlists, armpit hair and, you know, creative movement. The full Ross. But I guess, you know, some people are into it. Full so. court Ross at Manhattan <laughs> Athletic Club in, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> 380... 
4 Adams Street, 385 Adams Street, one of those. It's right by Fulton Mall in downtown Brooklyn. Um, we're on Class Pass. Okay. Walk-ins welcome. Mm. Uh, <sighs> so, you know. <laughs> I will say, now that we're promoting your dates, I'll say that I do have a few local gigs coming up. Oh. I'm going to put them on my calendar. I should update my calendar properly. I'll be doing uh, the comedy shop in the village. Wow. I'm doing uh, QED every single Friday. Yes. Uh, That's in Astoria, Queens. Uh, I'm in bed, but it's a fun show. There's two others. I can't, I should know that. Yeah. Anyway, I'll update uh, my calendar on patrickholbert.com. Come see me kill it in person. Don't watch me bomb online, please. Funny. He's funny. He's funny. Ugh. Um, I'm also starting postpartum doula training on Sunday right after my yoga class because this is the life I'm choosing. So if you're pregnant and you want to set me up as your postpartum doula in advance for a low, low rate, let me know. Why are you saying low, low rate? Because I need experience. Yeah, but we need money. (laughs) I'm going to give you a bargain as opposed to Fran through dental school on experience. She's learning a trade. Yeah. That's... She's not going for liberal arts. She's not going for <sighs> media arts at CW Post College in Long Island just to say, I want to be a comedian. No. Learn He's a like, trade. What'd you guys do? I'm like psychology and gender studies. And now I'm a wardrobe stylist, postpartum doula yoga teacher. Friend, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in a capitalist society and you need a skill. Okay. On that note, I hope you guys all have a skill and are using it better than we are. We love you. We miss you. See you around town. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing.